Hi there, guys, and welcome to episode two of the SDR Disco Call podcast. I'm your host, Neil Buyan. Today's guest is Ben Smith, who is a BDR team lead for ReachDesk. We're going to be learning how Ben went from a professional ice skater touring with Disney to then helping build up ReachDesk with its co-founders and also the great work that he's currently doing with the sales development leaders of London. So how does the SDR Disco Call podcast work? Well, it's actually a discovery call, hence the name. And every Tuesday at 8am, we're going to have a brand new SDR for 30 minutes and an agenda of introductions, their SDR story, and three key takeaways that they've learned to share with other SDRs. So with that in mind, let's begin. Cool. Uh, so, guys, we're going to be kicking off with our first ever guest. This is Ben Smith from Re- Reach Desk. Uh, me and Ben connected during lockdown. We had a really great conversation. And at the end of that conversation, I thought Ben would be a superb guest to have on the show. So, rather than me talking about him, I'd love to introduce Ben. Ben, introduce yourself to the audience. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. And thank you for having me. I'm, uh, it's honored to be here. So excited to share some of my story with everyone else and also hopefully be able to give back to the SDR community in a, in a, in a great way. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining. So before we begin into your kind of SDR journey, tell us a little bit about Ben Smith, uh, Reach Desk, kind of what's the story there? How, how, how did that come about? Sure, absolutely. So I actually used to be a professional ice skater touring for five years with Disney on Ice. So wow. to move into SaaS sales, I guess, has been a little bit different to your normal entry into, into sales. I started working when I moved to London for a PR company, and it was a fantastic opportunity to really understand many different aspects of business, from having to sell into journalists, from having to do creative copy, from building direct mail campaigns, to launching events. It really is a role that just challenges you and throws you in at the deep end. So after working in PR for quite quite a long time, it was about 10 months, I had four promotions in that role. I just decided it wasn't really the role for me. What I absolutely loved was getting on the phone, talking to journalists, meeting for lunches, breakfasts, really trying to build those connections. And my friend who was a VP of sales at the time, he actually said, why don't you look at getting into tech sales? It would be great option for you, I think. And I always put it behind me and said, no, this probably isn't what I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, then I had the opportunity to meet Alex Olli and Milan, who previously were um, had, a, had a startup called Yieldify. And they had this new venture and idea about really being able to scale direct mail as a channel to really stand out and cut through the noise. So yeah. once I heard about that, and from my challenges of doing direct mail campaigns in the past, of having to source all the items having to go to the post office, wait in line to get it all sent out and then have many receipts and couldn't track it. And I heard about their solution to really be able to scale this and do it much better than what I'd been able to do it even at an agency. I thought I had to join. It really solved a problem that I've been through. And if there's a a good place to start in sales, it's definitely, definitely there. So been at ReachDesk now for over a year. I started as a BDR and now I look after... The, the UK BDR team. We're growing rapidly. Things are really exciting. And I'm just really happy to have found this career and be part of the journey. Perfect. That is an amazing story. And obviously for the listeners out there, and obviously I'm always happy to help companies grow, what, what does ReachDesk do? What, do? what do you guys do in a nutshell? 
Absolutely. So we help sales, marketing, customer success teams to really stand out from the noise and increase the customer experience or the buyer experience. And the way that we do that is incorporating physical and digital gifting as a strategy into that customer lifecycle process. So that could be anything from generating new leads to nurturing, accelerating deals, and even retaining and upselling to your existing customers. It's all sent and tracked from your CRM marketing automation tools to make it really easy and scalable um, and just become a very vital part of your tech stack to help you help you create those relationships. Said like a pro. Love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> so uh, I, I wanted to dive in a little bit deeper. So like with Disney on ice, so you were touring the world. Like what, what, was, that, what was that experience like? What, what places did you get to see, Ben? Absolutely. So it's a very fast-paced way of living. I joined the tour when I was 18 years old and I was sent out to America. So I was in Tampa, America for six weeks of rehearsal training. Hadn't really done any professional shows before. So it was um, you had to pick things up quickly. You're surrounded by industry experts and professional ice skaters that have been doing this for 10, 15 years. And really they do, it is a career for them. Mm. And from from there, you, you, you get exposure to, to learning a lot. So it was great. I, I traveled to around 40 countries in total. It was a different city every week, so plenty of cities. I lived in the US for three years. Uh, I lived all around Europe. I went to Asia, uh, bits of Mexico. So really like a huge opportunity to be able to travel. I did a lot with the PR side of things as well. So I actually looked after the PR side on the um, tours that I, I, I was on. And I, I actually started up a little venture, a little cafe for the show as well. So it was, um, it was a good way to, to keep that business out on. Definitely. And we're going to come on to the side hustle um, in a moment. But hearing that you've been able to travel the world internationally, um, you kind of mentioned that you're kind of working with industry experts that have been doing that job for like years on end, like for decades. Um, how did it feel kind of being that first new type of person in that sort of scene? And kind of what did you learn from those industry experts? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, I really had to learn how to to pick up my left foot and my right hand rather than my left foot and my left hand. You should have seen everyone laughing at me on my first day of rehearsals and couldn't, couldn't even count to, to a simple step. So you, you do have to pick things up quickly. as a, It's a six-week rehearsal and then you're out doing your first show. I remember I was dressed up as a monkey and uh, I was in San Diego and you just the curtain goes and you were put in front of the spotlight and it was an amazing opportunity. But um, yeah, the, the surrounding, it's a very competitive industry as well. So you're always um, trying to compete for the next best role. And, and in, in, with, in line with that, your salary increases as well. So you want to be taking on these new responsibilities. You want to be doing those next roles. And if you've got people that have got 10, 15 years experience behind them, then you have to learn quickly and, and really show yourself. And, and that work ethic has to be there. So I think it's, uh, it's quite a tough job. It's quite challenging for the competition, but it's very rewarding as well. <clears throat> Sounds quite similar to sales or, if anything, any sort of job. But um, so obviously, like, there's a competitive side. You've got to be, like, top person, like, uh, doing what you're doing. You're practicing constantly, doing your craft. Um, what kind of lessons or things did you take from it that where things didn't go to plan? You know, you obviously you're touring the world. You're, you're doing shows. You're performing in front of people. You're working with industry peers. Was there any sort of learning curves or anything that kind of you've taken on into your sales career? I think so. I think just always remembering that you're always on under a spotlight. 
whether that's on stage and the audience are paying to be there to watch you and listen to you and really see your art and your talent. If you fall, then you just have to pick yourself back up and carry on because ultimately, you know, if you've got a three-minute number and people are there to, to watch you for three minutes in a solo and you make a fool, that's about a second out of that three minutes. So you, you've got to carry on and make the rest of the performance great. I'd also say that in such a competitive environment, it's really important just to focus on yourself. So don't mm. worry about what everyone else is doing. They might be doing way better than what what you're doing, but that's okay. If you can display different behavioral traits, if you can always be helping other people around you, if you can stand out in ways that other people can't, even if it isn't just for that that one performance, then overall, then you're going to be a, a higher achiever and, and stand out from, from, from your peers. So I'd say forget about what everyone else is doing, focus on yourself, learn from the best, always ask other people for their time, and then that will help you get to where you want to be. I love it. And that kind of reminds me of a little bit of a journey of my own SDR side when I remember first being in an office with a bunch of other reps and you hear them all on the phone and they're doing their pitches and they're trying to connect with prospects. And then you have your moment where you're kind of speaking and you feel really scared and you've got all eyes on you. Uh, and you you probably like hunt yourself over because you don't want people to hear your, your bad pitch, etc. How did you, uh, obviously being a performer as well, how did you deal with the fact and stress of all eyes on you? How did you kind of disconnect yourself from not giving a crap as to what people say or think? Yeah, I think it's really, really challenging to do. And I think I faced the same problem coming back into sales where I wasn't as strong at, at selling just yet and, and opening up those doors and connections. So I really had to learn from people and, and, and channel my efforts in very different different ways. I would go and shut myself in a booth to do my cool hours <laughs> to start with. Um, but that's okay. And for me, it's about building that confidence. So if you don't have all the knowledge and you don't understand, then look to, to people the way you can get that from. I was always going from, from a sales point of view, I was always going into other offices, asking for mentors, really learning because it, it you know we weren't a big team at Reach Desk when I started but really mm. learning from other people in, in the industry and getting help elsewhere to, to give me that confidence to do it. Um, throwing myself in at events and, and really talking to people and having the exposure to, to, to get your messaging out there and really practice your pitch and practice that talk track and speaking with really senior people who have been doing this for, for many years. Um, I think for me, uh, a, a highlighting moment was when I went to Dublin, to SAS Growth, I was found myself sat at a table, a breakfast round table, a G2 one, with all of these senior decision makers. And obviously as an SDR or a BDR just being there, it was quite it could be quite daunting. But I remember <laughs> yeah. picking up my my cup of tea and my hand was shaking, the tea was going <laughs> everywhere. But then somebody opened up a conversation with me and it was like just taking center stage again. So building mm. that confidence really helps you go a long way, I feel. I love that. So kind of what I heard is like, so you're going to an event, you're you're putting yourself out there. You're sitting around a big table with some senior people. And as you said, that can like when when you're starting first out in sales, that can be quite intimidating. But I think when you actually just start having a conversation, you're realizing they are just people just like you and I. Um, but having the continuous throwing yourself the exposure that, you know, getting into conversation with people, it just becomes natural over time. But I think with you, Ben, like you've kind of realized that you just gotta put yourself out there, right? You just you just gotta start having those conversations. Exactly. There's always going to be difficult situations and uncomfortable situations, but I think if you can throw yourself into them at an early stage, then as you progress through your career, and it can happen quite quickly in sales as well, 
then you know how to deal with those situations. So practice really, really helps with that. Perfect. Thank you. So um, also going back to the side hustle on Disney on tour. So you had a little venture going on. Please, please uh, tell us more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always had a love for hospitality, entertaining, being the biggest host in the room. And I actually used to work as a, I was a manager at Nando's before I went on tour. So I decided on tour that I would take over the, the coffee stand, as it was called. So I'd literally go to a Costco, a Sam's Club, buy, buy a load of food. I would be in my robe, in my ice skates, in between numbers, making a, a meal for about 50 people. I'd come into work at 5 a.m. and make bre- the breakfast for everyone. And it was a really great side hustle. I really enjoyed it. Um, kept that, that business hat on and really, I think, helps me in, in my role today. I love it. It's always good to have a side hustle. Do you have any kind of side hustles that are kind of going on today aside from ReachDesk? Anything else that you're involved in? So ReachDesk does definitely keep me busy at the minute and I would love to start picking up more side hustles. Um, It's not so much a side hustle, but I do run a or help run a, a community for SDRs called SDRs of London, which has been a really great channel for many SDRs, especially during the lockdown period where they haven't got the support of their colleagues and um you know, their senior senior management team around them. And sometimes as an SDR, you just want confirmation from outside of your business that you're doing the right thing. So there's about 200 SDRs in this community. We were regularly wow. putting on um, podcasts, regularly putting on webinars. We've got a LinkedIn community, a WhatsApp community, helping people find jobs as well, especially during uh, this challenging time when many people have been let go. So I, I love that community. And I think it's been a really great channel for, for, for many SDRs. And it's time for for me to start giving back and and learning what I've been taught and had so much great exposure from the founders of ReachDesk at. I love that. I love uh, when people, obviously, they've kind of worked their way through, they've, they've seen challenges, they've had successes, and rather than just keep climbing and just going for the next thing, they're always looking back to help other people that are kind of taking that first step, and I really find that admirable. And, and also with SDRs London, it's something I have come across I'd love to get more involved in, and that will happen in the future. But for any SDRs that are currently listening right now, how do they get involved with the SDRs of London, and what was the story behind it? How did it come about? Yeah, so the SDRs of London, it actually started um, from a company called Wiser, who help out with recruitment, and um, they have an agency side to them as well. But Lewis from from Wiser really saw a, a gap in in the SDRs community of there isn't somewhere that SDRs can go. There's always a place for account executives. There's always a space for senior people to to go and talk and meet with other people. But for SDRs, there wasn't that that community and he decided to set up this WhatsApp group um, to really have that open channel and communication amongst other SDRs in London. So I was was a part of that channel and it was really, really helpful. And then during lockdown, I thought, you know, we could um, do more with it. We could put on these webinars. So we had guest speakers come in. We had uh, Morgan J. Ingram. We've had Shabri come on. We've We've had a lot of great people come on to those, those webinars and really give back and help help people with their prospecting and uh, coaching for careers and, and all these all this good stuff. So if anyone does want to get involved, please feel free to message myself. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. We can can get you involved in the in that group. And yeah, there's some more exciting stuff coming and plans and we're, we've got more leaders involved now and, and community hosts. So uh, more content will be, be posted as we continue to grow. 
I love it. And you are somebody that I have noted um, on LinkedIn. You're quite active on your socials. Um, I've seen you like take place in, like you say, webinars. You've spoken to other people like from Sales Confidence um, and you're doing stuff a lot with SDRs London. With a lot of SDRs that I've worked with, um, they see LinkedIn as just a, a gateway to connect with their prospects to try and book that meeting. As somebody who's been in the role and doing the role and uh, focusing on lead generation and biz dev, like, how do you use social to, to your benefit today? So I see, I see LinkedIn, especially for the role that we're in, as really as a channel to, to get your voice out there and get your message seen. I think it's a great opportunity to connect with really senior people and not sell to them straight away, but for them to have exposure to the business and kind of what you're posting. So a lot of the time for me when, when, when I use LinkedIn, it is for that brand awareness side of things. And I actually do quite well at getting people hit me up and say, you know, I saw this post that you put out. It's actually quite interesting. Can you tell me more about it? How can that work for my team, my business? Um, so without really having to use LinkedIn as a channel to sell, things start coming back in quite naturally, which I think is a far far better way of sometimes using that channel rather than being that that SDR or that BDR that's uh, slipping into someone's connection requests and <laughs> sliding in their DMs. Sliding in their DMs and it's uh, <laughs> it can be quite intrusive. So I think you know you definitely have to do that. You have to you have to actively sell on LinkedIn as well. But if you can mm. can build up a bit of a credibility around you and give people something to to be able to look at whilst you're doing that, then I think it, it takes that that function one step further. Definitely, hundred percent agree. I think, uh, and I'm going to show my age here, but it was back in 2011 that I first started using LinkedIn, and the only time I ever used it was um, as soon as I've spoken to a prospect on the phone, I'd hang up and I'd just send them an invite. Uh, to connect because we had an initial discussion. But at that time, I didn't really understand as to what the impact could be by building that network. And over time, I've, I've got a lot of connections, but I now I'm always like, uh, I may not have somebody that's going to be involved in a deal or, you know, buy something from us. Um, but I can always try to connect people together. So kind of dot to dot where somebody says, oh, well, I'm currently looking for somebody that can help out with our BDRs or SDR team or does somebody know like a graphic designer or a great marketeer, et cetera. And I love having the opportunity to connect people. And that's exactly how we got connected, if anything. So yeah. speaking to one of our future guests, uh, Corey from G2, um, after having a discussion with him, he was like, Neil, you need to speak to Ben Smith. Like Ben Smith, he's amazing. And I was like, Ben Smith, Ben Smith. And I was like, actually, I think we are connected. Um, and I found out that we were on uh, a Slack channel together uh, and actually we had had an initial discussion and we did connect on LinkedIn and it was one of those things of we've connected. I don't know if how me and Ben are going to work in the future, but it's always good to have a good uh, somebody like yourself in my network and that's kind of how our conversation came to fruition today. So the power of networking, it do does definitely help and I'd always say don't just use it as a, a channel to sell, but obviously to network and to your point, grow that brand um, awareness which um, kind of brings me on to kind of like what you're doing within ReachDesk. So as uh, somebody who's doing BDRing and SDRing, kind of what was your first couple of weeks like and like your onboarding and learning the world of SaaS and sales? What was that experience like for you, Ben? Yeah, I think I had a, a pretty unique onboarding experience. I had I started in July uh, 2019 and, you know, we were literally working from from a cafe. So it was myself and Alex Olly, the co-founder of ReachDesk, and 
he's had so much amazing experience in working in sales and this this venture for him is is is, is incredible to be with him every step of the way as as we go through that you know when i started with it was just the three of us and now we have a team of about 50 people we've got an office in the us wow. so we've really grown very quickly in that year and i've been able to have an amazing onboarding experience where i've seen a business go from from having very few customers to to now having a, many customers and enterprise customers so it has been a, a very unique onboarding experience but straight away day two i remember being at an event i was meeting uh i think it was actually jack nietzsche as well from sales loft it was his second day i believe uh, at sales loft at the time yeah. and i was straight away speaking with c-level decision makers i was understanding about the industry really throwing myself in at the deep end and i remember talking to alex and saying on my first day i do not have a clue about this industry at all. And I don't know <laughs> any of these companies. I've never seen yeah. them in my day-to-day. I don't understand. And uh, I said, by you know, in six months' time, I want to be able to walk into an event and I want to know exactly what every company does just off the top of my head. Because for me, I think it's, it's just it's so important to get really involve yourself in the industry. And he was like, oh, don't worry about it, it will happen. And I was like, there's a lot of companies that, that we could, <laughs> could be reaching out to. And now I'm able to walk in a room and I'm able to, oh, it's the, the funniest thing is you can be on a website or on an application and something will pop up and you'll be like, oh, I've been prospecting them. Now I really understand what, what they do. So um, that, that's kind of my onboarding was just to fully immerse myself into, into the space and, and really have a passion for this industry. I love it. So a case of just throwing yourself into the deep end, learning as you go along. Um, so as you're saying, like you, you've kind of been uh, with ReachDesk from like the, the beginning and you've seen it working from a calf into like this formalized company and now you've got offices uh, around the world. Like when people are walking through your door, what's kind of like the first uh, bits of advice that you give them in their, their first two weeks? What things should they be learning or looking at or kind of sitting in on? Absolutely. So it's very important from even when people are fully fully ramped as a BDR that they have exposure to that whole sales process. Um, so we really, from from an early stage, I would say, you know, focus on on one area that you're really really passionate about. Get ingrained in it, learn it, breathe it, start talking about it with with everyone, um, just to to really give yourself that that exposure that you need to this industry. So yeah, I think living it, breathing it, but also really understanding what your ideal customer profile is, working with your customer success team to understand the use cases that your existing customers are are using right now, in the future, previously, understand what their challenges are and how we as a business have helped them overcome it is is really important. I would then also say that it's, it's important to get into the more granular level of the personas that you'll be prospecting into or the people that you'll be having conversations with. So you can really build that empathy. I think a lot of people talk about empathy selling, but they don't actually train anyone on it. They just say, well, you just need to be empathetic. And, and really, what does that mean? You know, I've, I've never been a head of marketing. How can I be empathetic with a yeah. head of marketing if I've never been, been one myself? So having exposure to your customers and really understanding what challenges they're going through, you know, you can't be empathetic still but you can get as close to that as possible so mm-hmm. do your research do your due diligence and really really feel those pains that people are going through to to have better conversations early on i 100 percent agree with that um so with a lot of students that i've had um when i've done the sdr role 
when you don't know the industry, you don't really know those personas, i.e. if you're selling to heads of sales, heads of marketing, or heads of technology, etc. Um, as an SDR, rather than trying to book meetings, I used to just connect with prospects and say, look, I'm relatively new to this industry. I'm still learning, but we apparently speak to people like yourself. And I just wanted to know, could I get 10 minutes of your time just to understand what is your day-to-day life like? What are the things that do keep you up at night? What things do marketers or heads of sales enjoy doing? Just to get a better understanding. And naturally, what would happen towards the end of that conversation, because it was a bit salesy, they would then say, so what do you do, Neil? And then I'd say, well, look, I, I don't really want to sell, but this is kind of what this solution does. Happy to send you over an email. Maybe we can speak in a couple of months. And that did come, people did come back, but I would then go back to them and say, right, I now know your role. I now know the pains and challenges that you guys kind of go through. I just want to show you how we can help you out. So I think empathy is a really good thing uh, to pick up on. Um, And as you said, we can always get taught, well, you have to be empathetic. You have to give a shit about these people. But I think you're only ever going to learn that from actually speaking to them, right, day in, day out, and just being not afraid to to speak to another person. Um, So with also... uh, what is like your typical day to day now? Like, so you come in in the morning, obviously, most of us are either working remotely or going into the offices. Like, what's your typical day to day look like now, Ben? Yeah, absolutely. So at the minute, I've got a team of, of six BDRs that I, that I look after, um, or they look after me rather. So day to day now has been very different since what it was in, in February when I was doing purely the BDR role. But mainly, we start the day at 8 30 as a team. We come in, we have a daily stand up. Monday and Wednesday, it's all about numbers and making sure that we're aligned to where we need to be to really achieve our goals and putting together a clear action plan on how we're going to do that. And then Tuesday and Thursday for those stand-ups, it's really important that the other team members run those sessions. You know, it's quite tiring listening to this voice all day long. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's great to be able to learn from each other on, on those sessions. We do a lot of training on the the industry itself. So you know, what are the main challenges right now that our customers are facing and how can we translate that to our prospects and, and again, be empathetic and really open up those doors and those conversations in a in a better way. Um, and then on Friday, you know, Friday fun. So we'll, we'll either do a, a knowledge share on something that some success story from the week or we'll play a game of heads up, make it make it a bit more fun on, on those Friday morning calls. But generally, my my Monday to Friday, I still prospect. I still have have an individual target. Mm-hmm. I think I will always hold myself accountable to having an individual target. I, I just love love the, the thrill of prospecting, and yeah, just just building connections amongst the community. So, I do a lot of lot of training sessions through through my week. I do a lot of hiring through my week. It's uh, it's it's always quite busy. I love it. So if I get it right, stand up at the beginning of the week, kind of what's on the agenda, what are we going to be doing as a team throughout the week? We're doing numbers, we're doing bits of training. And then towards the end, you're celebrating or having fun as a team, Friday, Friday, Friday fun. Um, and obviously you're managing these guys of six, but I, I really love it, the fact that you, a few months back, like you was doing the role, you're now looking after a team, but you're still doing the role itself like you're still prospecting you're reaching out how does it feel like having people work with you uh, in a team sort of scenario where they're looking towards a leader like ben how 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 does that feel in that transition i, I honestly i love it i i have such a talented team with me and quite often their prospecting is is a lot better than than what mine could ever be but <laughs> the thing that really stands out amongst 
the the team that I work with. And even, you know, I do a lot of interviews at the minute and one of the tasks is that they they present to me their idea of how prospecting would look if they would come and join ReachDesk is it's mm. just how personalized the, the my team gets. Um, you know, the other day, Craig found out that somebody really loved coloring books and, you know, those are the ones where the adult coloring books. So yeah. he was able to generate a meeting by um, getting a message in front of them saying that, that had nothing to do with Reach Desk, but just saying, you know, I noticed that you're a fan of coloring books and then somehow tying it in with, with the Reach Desk message eventually. But um, just doing these things that stand out and, and grab people's attentions, because that's what we're there to do. It's, it's not always about Reach Desk and the solution at, at the end of the day. It's, you know, how can I open up that door and have a conversation with that person? So, so that I've got a very talented team and we're always learning from each other. And things change so quickly in SaaS sales that you have to, you have to stay on top of the game. And, you know, if LinkedIn voice notes is working one week, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a ton of LinkedIn voice notes. If uh, video is working, then we're going to, going to up our video game and, and keep improving. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing those golden nuggets uh, as well. And kind of, uh, I think this is sometimes a difficult question for people or an easy question for people, but like with your career of going from traveling around the world with Disney on ice, uh, working in Nando's, doing a side hustle as well, coming into Reach Desk, helping growing this company, kind of like what's your trajectory? Where where do you want to go like in the, in the next five years or so? Where do you want your career to go? Yeah, I think uh, in my next five years, I'll definitely still be at ReachDesk. For me, it's it's such a, a great opportunity, and I generally love love the company. I love um, the solution here and, and the the way that we're always innovating. And I just see this this next five years as as being huge, and especially after the first year that we've had. So, definitely will be a role within within ReachDesk. Uh, I, I I don't know what that role is going to look like, but definitely love the business development function right now and hopefully going to be able to continue to grow that out and replicate what we've been able to achieve in this past year even more. I love it. Thank you so much, Ben. And um, as uh, a lot of us, um, with me, I'm more a visual learner. I know some people love to learn by reading things and obviously watching other stuff as well. Like, What are the things that help you keep sharp and keep that toolbox shark up? Says, what, what, what are the, the things that you read or, or listen to on a weekly basis, Ben? I have to be honest, I absolutely hate reading. I just It's something <laughs> that I've never been able to get into. Yep. Um, so for me, it is, it's really important to be meeting with other people in the, in the industry and learning from, from what they've read and put into practice and taking all that knowledge on from that firsthand experience and then being able to apply it myself and with my, my understanding and do things a little bit differently to, to keep building and improving on it. So for me, it's definitely not reading. I'm much more of a practical learner and it's okay to fail, but fail fast is, is kind of the... What, what we're taught at Reach Desk, and that really helps with my style of, of learning as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. So, Ben, um, obviously, with the listeners out there, kind of the way that we want to conclude this lovely session that we've had together is if you could give three key takeaways of what you learned um, in your career to somebody who's just starting out or kind of currently still in the role, what would be your three key takeaways that you've learned over the last few years? I think. First key takeaway would be to be happy. So to do the SDR job or the BDR job, you you have to ha- be happy. You have to come to work every day with a high energy, 
you're meeting with strangers and you're trying to build those connections. So if you're not happy, then chances are they're not going to be happy either. And it's going to be really, really difficult. So if you're not happy in, in your role as a SDR or BDR, look at why that is. You know, maybe you're not setting the right the right solution for, for what you have a passion in. Maybe you're um I'm not sure why you wouldn't be happy, but maybe you know. Look at look at why 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 you're not happy and make some some positive changes early on to give yourself the best opportunity of of having that career acceleration. I'd also say, don't worry about what's happening around you. So if people do seem to be doing a bit better than you, if people um, look like they're going to get that promotion before you, if you've been in the business for longer, then don't don't worry about that. Focus on yourself. Keep educating other people, and keep positioning yourself as as somebody that people want to come to for for help and advice. And then thirdly, I'd say always always be willing to learn. Um, the best the best people in the that I see on LinkedIn, the senior decision makers that I talk to, the the people that have done this journey before, they're still learning every day. And something that I love about this industry is that people are willing to give knowledge and willing to help people out and really accelerate other people's careers as well. So just keep focusing on on learning and and never never get complacent. Ben, I absolutely agree and love those words and hopefully the listeners as well will take heed with that. Um, and obviously just to end things, so obviously there's going to be show notes for this podcast, but if somebody wants to get in touch with Ben or learn more about SDRs of London or just, you know, want to get a piece of advice in your time, what's the best way to to connect with you, Ben? Absolutely. Please do reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I might not always get back straight away, but... <laughs> I will always give my time and to help other BDRs and SDRs. I think it's it's such an important job for for a business, and it, it's such a hard job as well. So if I can help somebody in their day to day, then I'm absolutely always open for that. So just reach out to me on on LinkedIn, Ben Smith. Uh, probably best typing in Reach Desk after that as well, because otherwise you're going to get a million Ben Smiths pop up. But um, yeah, always always happy to connect and and help people where I can. Perfect. Thank you so much, Ben. So listeners, obviously, I'm going to be placing links uh, of Ben's LinkedIn so you can get the right Ben uh, and connect with Ben if you do have any questions. But Ben, I just wanted to say a massive thank you for coming on the SDR Disco Call podcast with myself. I hope to have you as a guest uh, again in the future to see how things are growing out at Reach Desk and kind of where you're at. But uh, thank you so much, Ben, and uh, have a lovely week, my man. Cheers. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR 
disco call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.